Blue Shirts fans to episode number 79 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and the Rangers coming off of one of their best performances of the season, one of their most complete performances. They go into Winnipeg and they take down the Jets 4-1. The Jets have been hot recently. It's a team that can score some goals. The Jets had been 4-0-1 in their previous five games before the Rangers showed up last night. And again, just another fantastic performance from Igor Shesterkin. I mean, I know I sound like a broken record, but in this case, that's a good thing because he has just been awesome ever since getting the call up from, from Hartford. And if you want to put a letter grade on his performance so far, I don't think he can do anything other than an A or an A+, plus, really, because it's... They're 6-1 and one in games started by Igor Shesterkin. They've trailed for less than two minutes of the time that, that he's been in net for them. They they basically just lead for the entire game, and then they go on to win. And again, 6-1 and one are the Rangers in his seven starts, and Shesterkin has given them a chance in every single game that he has started. It has just been a fantastic start for Igor Shesterkin. And, you know, for a while we were saying, you know, small sample size, small sample size, and, you know, seven games relatively small sample size as well but on the other hand it's not like this is he's showing this is not a fluke this is what he is going to do in the NHL or at least appears that way I mean seven games that's no joke you don't go six and one in seven games and you don't play well in seven consecutive games without having some serious talent in the NHL and Shesterkin was just awesome once again last night he only allows the one goal and even the goal he gave up it, it bounced off of Ryan Lindgren's stick uh, excuse me, bounced off of Ryan Lindgren's skate and deflected into the net. No goalie in hockey was going to stop that. Just a bad bounce. There's nothing really he can do about it. But he was fantastic, stopping 42 of 43 shots. And again, doing it on the road for the first time, first road start of his NHL career, and against a Winnipeg Jets team that can really score some goals, really has some talented players, and has been hot lately. So, I mean, what else can you say? He was absolutely awesome last night, as was really the entire Ranger team. I think when you look up and down the lineup, every line combination played well, every defense pairing played well, even both goalies played well because Henrik Lundqvist had to come into the game for about six minutes there. He only made one save, but it was a heck of a save. Lundqvist had only been in the game for about 30 seconds or so, and I believe it was his right pad. He kicks out his right pad, makes an excellent kick save, and the game was still scoreless at that time as well. So you never know what happens there. If the Jets score first, maybe they kind of uh, you know, catch fire a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of a domino effect, and, and the Jets just kind of roll from there. So clutch save by Lundqvist on, on the one shot that he faced tonight. And Chris Kreider coming away with two goals. He now has 10 goals in his last 13 games. I thought one of the absolute biggest sequences in this game occurred late in the first period here. Adam Fox just made a tremendous defensive play, and the game is still scoreless at this point. The Jets break into the Rangers' zone on a three-on-one rush, and, you know, keep in mind, again, this is against Henrik Lundqvist at this time because Shesterkin had to exit the game with an injury. We'll talk about that in just a second as well, but Lundqvist has not been in the game for very long, just a maybe four minutes or so, and obviously not expecting to play in this game. I mean, you always have to be ready, but, you know, he thought he was going to be watching from the bench. Maybe he's not, you know, 100% loose yet or firing on all cylinders. So the Jets have a heck of an opportunity here going in three on one, and they look to make a pass, and Adam Fox just reads it beautifully. He's the one guy back for the Rangers. He extends his stick and intercepts the pass. Now, 
if you're a defenseman, to even get your stick on the puck when you're defending a three-on-one rush would be a big deal. But Fox just straight up intercepted the pass here. Just a fantastic play from Adam Fox late in the first period here. And then we jump ahead about a minute or two. There's 34 seconds left in the first. Buchnevich gets to the puck in the neutral zone along the boards and kind of just chips the puck ahead for Kreider. Kreider gets behind the defense, makes a few moves on the doorstep, tucks a backhand home to make it one to nothing. So really a two-goal swing there. If you look at, you know, the excellent scoring opportunity that the Jets had on the three-on-one, and then, you know, a minute or two, it goes back the other way, and Kreider scores. And an excellent pass here by Buchnevich. You know, again, I know he's kind of a polarizing ranger. You never know quite what you're going to get to him on a game-by-game basis, but he got to this puck in the neutral zone. There was somebody all over him and he just kind of found a way to chip the puck ahead to some open ice and Kreider picks it up from there and takes care of the rest and makes the score one to nothing for the Rangers heading into the break and Buchnevich made a heck of a play earlier in the first period as well he went in on the rush kind of by himself up the right wing made a real quick move to the inside and gets off a wrist shot at the net uh really strong stop by Hellebuck but Buchnevich took really a heck of a hit here got knocked to the ice just to get this shot away and, and nearly scored so showing his toughness there as well I thought Buchnevich was strong in this game again I could go up and down the lineup and talk about everybody who I thought had a, a great game I thought Brady Shea had a really nice game he made a couple of nice plays defensively uh you know getting the puck out of harm's way You would have to look long and hard to find a Ranger who did not play well in this game last night. And then I wanted to move back a little bit earlier in the first period. We're kind of jumping all over the place here in this first period, but that's okay. So Shesterkin is involved in a collision. Basically, Tony D'Angelo and Andrew Kopp get tangled up in front of the Ranger net, and D'Angelo actually takes an interference penalty on this play, which I guess by the letter of the law, it was the correct call. But basically, Kopp's shoulder catches Shesterkin in the head, and Shesterkin falls down, And you're kind of worried about a potential head injury, but then you also kind of notice the way that he fell, and he kind of, he just landed awkwardly. He fell backwards, but his left leg kind of got caught underneath him, and he landed on top of it. So this could have been bad, you know, as far as a head injury, as far as a leg injury, a knee injury. I mean, you just kind of hold your breath here, because you don't even, he's down, and you don't even know which part of his body, you know, took the brunt of it. Now, as it turns out, it was was his leg, and he stayed in the game, and, and so that was great and everything. But a couple of minutes later, you know, Jim Ramsey, the Rangers trainer, is on the ice, and, and one of the officials is talking to Shesterkin as well, and they decide that, or well, I don't think they really decided, but the league decided they had phoned in that Shesterkin had to come out of the game to undergo the concussion protocol. And Shesterkin, you know, you could tell he was protesting a little bit because I think what he was telling them was, it wasn't my head. I had landed on my leg. My head is completely fine. But the league stepped in, and, and better to be safe than sorry with head injuries. But just kind of a weird thing that, you know, Shesterkin was protesting that, Hey, it wasn't my head. It was my leg. But he comes out of the game for the rest of the first period. So Henrik Lundqvist sees six minutes and four seconds of ice time. And again, stopped the one shot that he faced. A really nice save by Lundqvist there. But it's just kind of weird because if you're the league, and and again, it's great that they stepped in, but Shesterkin initially took the hit and then stayed in for an extra couple of minutes. So does this concussion protocol really work if you're going to leave a guy out there who might be concussed? And I, I realize, you know, the league is probably keeping an eye on all these different games, and it might take them a while to to get word to the referees that, hey, Shesterkin's got to come out of the game. But I don't know, just kind of uh, just kind of weird that he's able to stay in the game there, even though it's, might, it's possible that he might have a concussion because he came out just a couple of minutes later. But it is what it is. He went to the locker room, and he must have passed all of his concussion tests and whatnot because he was back out there at the start of the second period. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, if he had come back and 
close out the game and the Jets hadn't scored, I don't think he would have actually gotten credit for a shutout because Lundquist played the six minutes. So I guess he would have had to settle for a combined shutout. But it was all a moot point when the Jets scored anyway. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. So we jumped to the second period, and I wanted to talk a little bit about Jacob Truba and Brennan Lemieux going back to Winnipeg where they used to play. And obviously, you know, Jacob Truba, it's standard procedure in the NHL or, or really any pro sport. When you go back to the team that you used to play for, especially if you took big money to go somewhere else, you're going to get booed. And Jacob Truba heard it just about every time he touched the puck. Now, they did play, I believe they played a video for him during a play stoppage. And actually, he kind of got a nice hand after that. But after that, it was back to business and he was getting booed every time he touched the puck. But I thought both players played well, especially Truba. Truba had a couple of scoring chances in this one. A couple of fast-rising wrist shots that Connor Hellebuck was able to snag with his glove. Truba got robbed once or twice in this game. So, yeah, a strong performance for him and a strong defensive game for Truba as well. You know, we keep talking about Shesterkin, and rightfully so, but the defensemen were on point as well. You know, again, holding a high-scoring team in check here. And Lemieux, you know, he wasn't maybe quite as noticeable as Truba was, but he went out there and did Brennan Lemieux things. You know, he doled out a game-high four hits for the Rangers, and I thought overall just kind of stuck his nose in there and, again, just kind of did what Brennan Lemieux does, just kind of a nuisance for the opposition. And, again, you know, it's just got to be a really nice moment for both Truba and Lemieux to go back into Winnipeg, take two points off of their former team. Jets get an early power play opportunity. It's one of four power play chances for Winnipeg in this game, and we've been commending the Rangers for staying out of the penalty box. They didn't do quite as good a job of it last night, but it's just one game, you know, so I'm not going to kill them for it. Again, they've they've really kind of gotten that under control, and the big thing, too, the penalty kill really stepped up on this power play and throughout the game because the Jets were 0 for 4 on the power play, while the Rangers only got one power play opportunity, but they scored on it, and I mean, man, these these Rangers special teams units have been so much better recently. You know, it's night and day compared to the start of the season. They've both really played well, and you can see what a difference it makes because look at how the Rangers are playing right now. You know, they're five and two coming out of the all-star break. When you have a good power play and a good penalty kill, it's a sign of a good team. And in the Rangers case, it's a sign of a team that is consistently getting better because both of these units have improved by leaps and bounds from the start of the season. But for this power play, I thought Ryan Lindgren made a really nice play, kind of forced a turnover, cleared the puck, and then Shesterkin, you know, goalie has to be the best penalty killer, and he was. Shifley receives a pass in the slot and tries to one-time at home, but Shesterkin steers it away. And then Adam Fox, again, another just brilliant game by Fox. He intercepts a pass and clears. And uh, I want to mention Neil Pionk for the Jets because, you know, obviously former Ranger, he was involved in the Truba trade. But does anyone really remember him being so awesome at keeping the puck in the attacking zone whenever 
the opposition went to clear it. And I don't know if this was just the case in this game or if this some if this is something that he's just really, really good at because there were three or four times in this game where the Rangers looked like they were going to clear the zone and Pionk just knocked the puck down and kept it in. And he did this twice on this power play, kind of kept the Jets in position to strike. Fortunately, the Rangers keep the puck out. But Neil Pionk, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this a little bit. He only spent two seasons with the Rangers, but he is having just a fantastic season for the Jets here. Six goals and 31 assists through 58 games. He has already blown by his previous career high and by all accounts, playing very well defensively as well. Uh, Really, you know, it's nice to see him working out for the Jets. You know, I know we want to kind of win the trade, win the Truba trade, and I think overall we will. I mean, I do think Truba probably still the better all-around player, but, you know, I have nothing against Pionk. He played hard for his two years that he was with the Rangers very briefly in New York, but hey, he, he was a good player and all the best to him going forward. You know, obviously it seems like he's kind of found found a niche there in Winnipeg. So the Rangers go on the power play again. Their only power play of the evening. Zibanejad gets the puck from behind the goal line. He passes across to Ryan Strom on the opposite side of the net. Hellebuck makes a nice save to deny Strom, but who's right there on the doorstep? Yeah, you all know who. It's Chris Kreider. He stuffs the puck home. 2 nothing Rangers early in the second period. Couple of goals for Chris Kreider there. Kreider had a couple of chances at the hat trick later in this game. A couple of opportunities in deep, but unfortunately couldn't quite beat Hellebuck a third time. But Chris Kreider just continues to perform at an outstanding level for the Rangers. And again, you know, I tweeted about this last night, but what's it going to be with Kreider? You know, are the Rangers going to use him simply as trade bait and just try to get as much for him as they can? Or does he stick around, sign some kind of an extension, and become the next New York Rangers captain? It really could go either way. Again, I'm all for keeping Kreider. I'd I'd love to see him stick around on a long-term deal and become the next Rangers captain. But once again, if you look at the way the Rangers have done business the last few years, I still, despite all this, and maybe even more so because of this, because of Kreider's recent outstanding performance, I expect that he'll be on the move. Because again, the Rangers can kind of play these teams off of each other and demand nothing less than a first-round draft pick in return. But yeah, again, Rangers, special teams units really coming through tonight, scoring on the one power play opportunity that they had. And this line, Buchnevich, Zibanejad, and Kreider just kind of owning the ice midway through the second period. I mean, they're just all over the place, very active, keeping the puck in the Winnipeg zone. And then Strom, Foss, and Panarin jump onto the ice, you know, as the play continues here. And they basically just pick up where Buchnevich and Zibanejad and Kreider left off. Just a great offensive zone shift here. D'Angelo passes to Panarin in the slot. The save is made by Hellebuck. Puck steered away. But again, Rangers just continuing to apply pressure here. And anytime the Jets did get an opportunity, Shesterkin was there. There was a turnover behind the Ranger net. The puck comes in front, and Shesterkin makes what was arguably his best save of the night, kicks out his left pad for a just point-blank save right there on the doorstep, keeps the puck out, still 2 to nothing. Rangers. Uh, Ryan Lindgren and Patrick Lane got into a little bit of a dust-up in front of the Ranger net, just kind of you know pushing and shoving each other, and it gets a little nasty. A couple of jabs thrown, some stick shots, but you know they go off matching minors. Four on four for a few minutes, and this is when Kreider really got his best chance at the hat trick because the Jets have control of the puck, but Zibanejad steals it. Hellebuck poke checks it away from Zibanejad, but it goes right to Chris Kreider. He's looking for the hat trick, but Hellebuck with another really solid save there just kind of squares it up and hangs on, does not allow a rebound. And then the Jets looking to, you know, cut into the Rangers' lead before the break. There's about 2.09 to go in the second period here. And Connor rips a wrist shot, but Shesterkin, another strong save. No rebound, hangs onto the puck, and the Rangers still up 2 to nothing going into the third period. So we go to the third period, and I, I wrote down in my notes here that if the Rangers play in the third period the way that they played in the first two periods of this game, and especially the second period, but really the whole game, 
then this is one of their absolute best wins of the season because I really just felt like they really kind of dictated the terms of this game to the Jets, and it was kind of the opposite of what happened against the Kings. I mean, the Rangers won that game 4-1. to They pulled away late, but I thought that they kind of got caught playing the Kings game in a little bit. And in this one, the Rangers just played their game, and the Jets really couldn't keep up. You know, the Rangers were mostly in control of this one from the second period on, really the whole game. And I know the Jets, you know, they, they're they a good team. They got some pushes. After they scored their goal in the third period, they got a little bit of a late push. They got some scoring chances. And obviously, they got a ton of shots on net. But for the most part, I thought the Rangers really were in control here against a good team. And again, a team that was white hot coming into this night. And so the third period starts. And the Rangers get an early opportunity. Panarin has the puck in the neutral zone. Ryan Strom is ahead of the play, and he kind of has to veer off to the side to his left to avoid going offside on the play. Panarin moves to his right, makes a pass behind the back to Jesper Foss, who's trailing the play. Foss has his shot partially blocked, but Strom finds the puck. He's got his back facing the net, and he turns to his left and shoots and scores to make it 3 to nothing very early in the third period here. And then the Rangers strike again just 35 seconds later. Hellebuck makes the save, but the puck deflects behind the Winnipeg net. Buchnevich finds it, passes back in front to Mika Zibanejad, and Zibanejad scores to make it 4 nothing very early here in the third period. And if you're a Ranger fan at this point, now you just kind of get to be greedy, and you're kind of just hoping that A, Chris Kreider gets the hat trick, and B, that Igor Shesterkin can get the shutout. And I know that technically it might not go into the books as a shutout for Igor Shesterkin because he had to come out of the game for six minutes in the first period. But nevertheless, it's always great to post a shutout as a team. And obviously, you know, the Rangers had a chance to do that here. And were it not for basically just an unlucky bounce of the puck off of Ryan Lindgren's skate, the Rangers well indeed may have had the shutout here. But it is what it is. You'll take the 4-1 victory. And as far as other notes from the third period here, I mean, the Rangers' penalty kill came up big again. Patrick Lane on one of the power plays tried to go five hole, but Shesterkin closes his pads, does not give up a rebound. And then that's right after that, after the power play expired, is when the Jets got the one back. And then Shesterkin, another outstanding save down the stretch here. The Jets kind of just zip into the Rangers zone. They're down four to one at this point. And there's a centering pass to Cop. Cop deflects the puck. He gets his stick on it right from the doorstep, but Shesterkin makes a great save, deflects it wide of the net. And Lane hit the post with about 3.25 to go. And, you know, again, the Jets did create a couple of scoring chances. I think that goal, that fluky goal that they scored, got them going a little bit. But the Rangers, you know, they kind of bent but didn't break down the stretch. And, again, Shesterkin was just on top of his game. There was no way the Jets were going to come back with four goals here. So he just was not going to let it happen. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, again, just a fantastic win for the Rangers. These games are all big right now because the Rangers, again, they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. They are now nine points behind the Flyers. The Flyers right now would be the second wild card team. And the Islanders of all teams uh, really did the Rangers a favor last night because the Islanders and Flyers were tied late in the third period. And I believe with about 35 seconds or so remaining, the Islanders scored and then they got an empty netter as well. So they won that game five to three. But the, the big thing about that is by the Islanders scoring late, the game doesn't go into overtime. If the game goes into overtime, the Flyers are guaranteed at least one point, if not two. But because the Islanders scored late there, the Flyers come away with no points. And so never thought I'd say this, but thank you, Islanders. It allowed the Rangers to make up some ground in the standings last night. They are now just nine points out of the postseason. And they got to keep this going. They are 5-2 and two since the All-Star break. And I really singled out these first eight games here. They, again, are back in action on Thursday in Minnesota against the Wild. And so if they can win that one, they are 6-2 and two after the break. And I think you got to take that. They are taking advantage of, again, a weaker part of their schedule here. And that's absolutely what they needed to do here if they were going to have any chance of crawling back into the playoff picture. So, again, another big two points on the line. 
in Minnesota against the Wild on Thursday, and then they'll be back once again with a road till against the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday. So they'll be playing a back-to-back. And earlier in the week, I mentioned that I I definitely thought the Rangers should go with Shesterkin for this game against the Jets, and that's indeed what they did. I kind of had it laid out that you go Shesterkin, Lundqvist, Shesterkin in these three games. But the way Shesterkin's playing right now, toss him back out there on Thursday. You know, roll with him while he's hot. I mean, he's been nothing but hot since he's been called up. But he's the goalie right now that gives you the best chance to win. Throw him right back out there on Thursday. And then go with Henrik Lundqvist on Friday if you want to give Shesterkin a night off and not have him play both games of the back-to-back, which I think is reasonable. So that's going to pretty much do it for the Rangers today. But the one other thing I want to talk about here was the incident with Jay Bomeister last night of the St. Louis Blues. Uh, just a scary scene. They're playing the Ducks, and it's about midway through the first period. Game's tied at one, and suddenly Bomeister just kind of collapses. Just a tremendously uh, scary incident, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. And great job by both teams' medical personnel getting over there quickly and working on him. I mean, there's some conflicting reports out there now as to what exactly happened, but the one thing that seems to be consistent is that it was a case of cardiac arrest, and I mean, you just hear those words and it's scary, so yeah, again, great job by the personnel, and all the best to Jay Bomeister. The game, I mean, who even cares about this, really, but the game was postponed and will be made up at a later date, so I don't know how that works. I don't know if they pick up where they left off. I would imagine they would just start the game over again, but obviously the big news here is Jay Bomeister and his health. Uh, you know, a 36-year-old defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, got his first Stanley Cup last season, and, you know, you hope that he can make a full recovery and come back and play, but you worry about the individual before you worry about the hockey players. So all the best to him, hopefully a speedy recovery. And if he so desires to come back and play more hockey, hopefully he can do that as well. But again, health comes first and, you know, hopefully he's doing well. But again, all the best to Jay Bomeister. The good news here is that reports suggest that he was alert and conscious when taken to the hospital. So obviously a positive sign there and, you know, fingers crossed once again that he can make a speedy recovery. So That's going to pretty much do it for today. As far as the Rangers' next game, they play the Minnesota Wild. And the Wild are another one of those desperate teams. They are currently on the outside of the playoff picture looking in, sitting at 27, 23, and 6. That is good for 60 points, and they are four points behind the Arizona Coyotes, who right now have the last wild card spot in the Western Conference. So again, it's going to be a team that needs to get a win and is playing in their home arena, and the Rangers really going to need to bring it just like they did in Winnipeg last night. Definitely looking forward to this one. Again, the puck drops at 8 p.m. on Thursday, and we're not going to have a new episode tomorrow. This past Sunday's episode kind of took the place of an episode this week, and I think tomorrow's the best day to not have one. And once again, keep an eye out for the Locked On Trade Deadline Special. Every Locked On NHL host is going to take a look at their team and basically just break down what they might be doing at the trade deadlines. And then after that, they're basically just going to paste them all together. It's going to be one long marathon show. I think they're doing Eastern Conference for one show and Western Conference for the other show. But either way, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll get to kind of just check in with all the teams around the league. So obviously, I'm going to be doing the Rangers and kind of breaking down what I think they should do at the trade deadline, as I've been doing on all these shows anyway. And I've also picked up the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Blue Jackets, one of, I believe, just two teams along with the Calgary Flames who do not have a locked-on host at the moment. And so I'm going to take a look also at the Columbus Blue Jackets and try to figure out what they should do. So that'll be interesting as well. But uh, yeah, we got all that to look forward to, and we'll have a brand new episode on Friday to talk about whatever happens against the Minnesota Wild on Thursday. So again, looking forward to all that good stuff. And again, thank you guys so much for joining in. Really means a lot. And uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. 
absolutely. Give us a follow on Twitter. I got to step up my Twitter game a little bit. I was tweeting a little bit last night, but the handle is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. I will see you next time.